Zigzag and One, a place where we honestly discuss how to embrace the zigs and the zags in our crazy lives. Running away is not an option. Living in defeat is not an option. Instead, learning how to keep moving forward is what we'll do together, one nugget of wisdom at a time. Your host is Melanie Brown. She's navigated a few zigs and zags in her life with the determination to never give up. Expect great stories and lots of laughs. Are you ready? Let's do it. Welcome to the Zigzag in One podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Brown. Thanks so much for joining me today. My guest, Elise Tedeschi, is a cancer survivor. And y'all, she's not just any cancer survivor. She is an eight-year survivor of pancreatic cancer. That's the type of cancer that has the lowest survival rate. So to make it eight years, that is a miracle. To be sure, Elise is a fighter. Her overcomer attitude was a huge part of her kicking cancer's butt. She's been married for 19 years to Patrick, and they have two high school-age sons. And here's what she says. If there is a YouTube video that shows her how to do something, she can fix anything. Listen in to hear how God pursued her and won her heart during the fight. To me, that's the coolest part of Elise's story. I'm excited for you to join my conversation with Elise Tedeschi. the Zigzag in One podcast. I am super excited for my guest today, Elise Tedeschi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I heard about your story and knew that I needed to have you on the podcast because you are a miracle. Very true. (laughs) Yes. So let's go back. In uh, January of 2012, you hit a major zigzag in your path. Tell me about it. Yeah. So... Prior to January 2012, I had been experiencing incredible back pain and, um, you know, some stomach issues. Um, Every doctor kind of blew me off. I felt like I saw every kind of doctor. I saw chiropractors. I saw natural doctors. I saw orthopedists. I saw everyone. And Mm -hmm. the pain just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And then... um, Finally, um, uh, after seeing numerous doctors, I finally got a diagnosis that I never expected to ever get. I had stage four pancreatic cancer that was inoperable. Wow. And the statistics for pancreatic cancer are abysmal. Not good. At that time... Uh, and st- statistics have gotten a little bit better, but at that time, for being stage four, I had Correct. a 1% chance of surviving beyond five years. And we are now at? Almost eight. So, see, you are a miracle, girl. <laughs> Man, that is so impressive. So, let's talk about what you went through with your journey. So, tell me about the treatments. Tell me about how long you went through those. Yeah, so I I started uh, you know the traditional chemotherapy. It's a 
it's a cocktail of four drugs, um, pretty intense. Um, they had honestly come out with that drug a year prior. Um, I actually have very good results from it. Mm -hmm. Um, so after six rounds of chemo, uh, my tumor was almost shrunk in half. And honestly, in my head, I actually was thinking, I can't believe it's not gone. Um, and then also, and then I did six more rounds. Um, I ended up having, uh, doing radiation. I did 25 rounds of radiation along with a, a 24 five chemo pump and then had a cutting edge surgery. But that is not actually like the biggest part of my story though. Okay, so tell me what is. <laughs> so I grew up Jewish, and, uh, you know, both my parents from New York grew up, they met at the Jewish Community Center. Um, I, like my three siblings, we all married Catholics. Um, and, and honestly, religion to me was just that religion it you know mm -hmm. i thought i've always felt like being jewish was a lot about traditions and things like that and even when we had uh, my husband and i when we had our two boys we sort of tried to we went to a temple we went to a church and i would say to my husband you know i love this church thing but if they just wouldn't mention the whole jesus thing <laughs> and he, <laughs> well i'm sorry to say but that's kind of the point <laughs> exactly <laughs> And, um, lo and behold, you know, I, I get this incredible, scary, worst diagnosis ever. Yes. Um, I have been given approximately no more than nine months to live, um, you know, inoperable. So surgery wasn't even an, you know, any kind of option. Mm -hmm. And I kind of looked at this initially in the beginning of like, okay, I got to get through this because I have these two amazing boys. My boys were in kindergarten and second grade at the time. Very young. Yeah. And they needed me and I needed them. And, you know, of course, my, my husband, I would always say, uh, no one, I, I'm not leaving my boys and no one else is going to marry my husband. I understand that. Uh, <laughs> when I went, went through my struggle, that was, that was the way I felt about it as well. Yeah. So, um, the journey really started um, actually just before I got diagnosed, and I sort of got a knock on the door, and it was my son's friend's dad, who I didn't know all that well. I knew his ex-wife, who was one of my neighbors. He comes over, and he says, I know this sounds crazy, but you've come in my spirit three times at church, and I know that I need to come and pray with you. And... I just thought, wow, you know, that's, that's so selfless of someone to do that. I, I really thought that was just, it was just a, a beautiful thing that someone did that. It didn't feel uncomfortable being that you were Jewish and weren't familiar with prayer? Um, the day before I'd said to my sister-in-law, I think I need to start praying because I know this is so much bigger than me. And when he came over just before he began to pray, my sister-in-law said, by the way, you may not want to use the whole Jesus thing because Elise is Jewish. And I said, no, 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 no. You know what? I'm opening my heart to everything. Pray how you normally pray. He prays with us. I just feel like, wow, that was just amazing and so great that he was, you know, that he did that. It just felt so special. I go, I get diagnosed. Um, 
and I will tell you that that ride home from the airport because it was during Christmas break. So my husband had to stay home with my kids. I went with my sister. I get diagnosed and the ride home from the airport to our house was just, it's a conversation that you never, ever want to have with your husband. And part of that conversation was, what are you going to do if I die? Mm -hmm. And, you know, he kind of said, I think I'll live up. Maybe we'll move closer to your parents and all these things. And it was, it was a very possible, I mean, probably more probable reality for that to happen. And we had that conversation once and we really didn't have it after that. Then it was like, okay, here we go. Well, it's almost like a, a mindset because if you start going down that trail, then you are deciding something that's not positive. You're deciding to lean towards the negative. Right. And I don't interview ladies who lean towards the negative. <laughs> so I know that you lean toward the positive. And yeah. So when you came home and you talked to your husband and you talked to your children and you decided, I'm going to fight this, yep. what was that mindset that you had going forward? Well, I think I'm always, I've always been a naturally positive person. I always see the best in people and, and that sort of thing. And I would say, people would ask me, well, how are you so positive going through this? And I would say, well, you know what? I, I didn't choose to get cancer. I didn't choose to go through this. But I certainly can choose my attitude and I yes. choose to be happy because if in fact, the, you know, I have nine months left with my boys, I want them to have great memories of me. Yes. I, I didn't want them to be like poor mommy and hated when people felt sorry for me because when you tell someone that you have pancreatic cancer, let alone stage four, the first thing they say is, I'm so sorry. So they've already sort of put you in the grave. And then the second thing they say is, my so-and-so had pancreatic cancer, but they died. And you kind of get used to it. Yeah, yeah. And you just, you know, that, that's where you have to really find that strength. But I will tell you, I got incredible strength from God. And the one biggest thing that happened was when we got, when, when I got back after getting diagnosed, my husband actually said, hey, let's have Dwayne come over. Dwayne is my prayer warrior, and he's the one that had come over earlier. Um, let's have him come over and pray with us. And so he comes over to pray with us, and it's January. It's cold out. Um, you know, I'm probably like maybe 105 pounds at that point. Um, and he's praying with us, and here's me. I'm 5'3", and I've got... My husband, who's 6'2", 6'3"-ish, and I've got my uh, Dwayne, the prayer warrior. He is probably 6'6", you know, played football in college. And he starts praying, and he is such a powerful prayer. And as he's praying, I, I feel this incredible heat, like, go through my body. I, I start shaking. I feel like I'm going to get sick. I... I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pass out. I'm so not listening to and a word he is saying. All I'm thinking is, he better hurry up because I need to excuse myself, go to the restroom, and uh, probably get sick. So and, you didn't get sick, though. But what now that you know, looking back, what was that? So I do go to the bathroom, and when I, when I, when I was in the bathroom for like a second, everything goes away. 
And I'm like dumbfounded. Like what, what was that? Uh, I mean, I'm just, and, and I, and my whole hairline is completely wet. So I'm physically have, you know, sweat mm-hmm. and I'm not, a, anyone can tell you, I'm not a big sweater. So I was kind of like, oh my gosh, like, wow. You know, like what, what's going on? So I come out of the, of the restroom and my husband or Dwayne is actually pacing and he is saying, God is in your house. God is in your house. And he is, you know, he's just overwhelmed. My husband is overwhelmed. And I'm like, look at me. Do, do you see me? And I said, what was that? Because I grew up Jewish. And he goes, Elise, that's the Holy Spirit going through you. Yes. And I was like, I don't really understand that, but okay. <laughs> you know, and so it it just kind of put us on this unbelievable journey of faith after that. I mean, what a profound experience to start that faith journey, to have a really physical connection with the Holy Spirit. And did you feel anything about your diagnosis at that point? Did you, did you go down that trail at all? Um, honestly, I had a lot of fear. And so Dwayne would come over and pray with me and he would come over and he would say, I know that you're, I know that you're fearful. I know I'm feeling fear over you. And, you know, he would share stories and share stories of the Bible and things like that. And, you know, really sort of would change my path. Like, let, you know, don't, let's not concentrate on this ailment. Let's just keep our eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me at that point, I hadn't quote unquote accepted Jesus yet. And, but I was just opening my heart to it and, Whatever was going to happen was going to happen. And so after, after that point, I remember my husband saying to me, or I said to my husband, actually, I don't know about you, but I feel this incredible peace about everything. Like, like I just know I'm going to be okay. And my husband said, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you said that because I feel the same way too. And I didn't want to tell you that because I didn't want you to think this is less than what it is. And How so, far into the journey was that? Not long. I mean, honestly, probably within a week. So how long did you do treatments for then before that you were given remission? Um, it was about 10 months. Okay. And, and really, in pancreatic cancer terms, that is an incredibly short amount of time. It's unheard of. I mean, it has seven-centimeter tumor, and that's what the pain was. That's the pain that was pushing on my back. And mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, sort of this mid-back pain and, um, I mean, I was miserable. Um, I remember prior to like just taking showers like five times a day, cause that would make it feel a little bit better. Give you some relief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, but as we went through that, I, I, I did feel like every day, somehow, some way there was a message, a gift, something from God. It was just amazing. I haven't, I haven't gone on a business trip and it was me try. I mean, I was still working throughout chemo, which people think I was crazy, but I, I understand I, that. Yeah. Cause you don't want to sit around thinking like I have cancer. It takes your mind off of it and you feel a sense of purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, my, my, my company at the time was amazing to me. My boss was amazing to me. And really I would tell other people, if, if you have someone in your company going through that, supporting them is just it's so important. Yes, the companions that come around you 
the people who uh, take care of you, feed your family, yeah, um, take you to doctor's appointments, sit with you when you're having a bad day. All of those things are so incredibly important when you're going through struggles. I felt like I had truly, you know, an army of angels per se. You know, I, I and, you know, even at this time, um, really within that first week, so I get diagnosed, I come back, I think, you know, Thursday or Friday, and that Sunday, my my next door neighbor had invited uh, my husband and I to go to Passion City Church mm-hmm. in Atlanta, and we go, and this is always amazing to me, because we go, we sit down, and I think this is always amazing, but a, a door holder, which is, you know, the volunteers, a door holder comes up to us right away and says, can I pray with you too? And I mean, the diagnosis was so fresh and I, I started crying right there Mm. and my husband had to explain what was going on. Mm -hmm. And it was just so intentional from this person. I mean, clearly God had something in our heart to say to us and knew to come to us. And that was, that was just amazing. But people were amazing through my journey. So how long before, um, you accepted Christ and said, okay, I'm going to take on this faith and this is a part of me. Yeah. So, um, probably about four months into my diagnosis and four months into going, um, you know, going to church, um, our pastor, Louis Giglio started talking about, um, the story of Lazarus. Mm. And I look at my husband and I am just crying and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is me. Like I am Lazarus because, you know, of course you tell someone you have pancreatic cancer, they already put you in the grave. So that's how I felt. And I, and I looked at my husband and I said, I think, I think that I got this for God to show this miracle of me. And that's beautiful. And at that point... Um, I ended up getting baptized, Mm -hmm. which was amazing. Um, and you know, my, my, even before that, but my life had changed. I think I always knew that I was going to accept him, but it was just so different just because I grew up Jewish. You, that's not what you do when you're Jewish. No, that was a completely, uh, right turn. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about, what kinds of symptoms that you may have had as you went through all of your treatments? Because I know that's really, really tough. You feel terrible anyway. And yeah. you add the treatments that are supposed to help you, but it just knocks you down. Yeah. Um, lots of side effects. Um, I, uh, I have really, really bad neuropathy mm-hmm. um, in my hands and my feet. I'm a total high heel girl because I'm short and... I had to wear tennis shoes. I'd, I would trip over my feet quite a bit. Um, I could not keep anything in. Um, I was I was thankful that it didn't come up. It went down. Okay. Um, but uh, I still had an appetite, which was like so crazy. But I, I felt like my husband and I would go to dinner or something, and they would think that I must have I, I must have had an eating disorder because. I would use restroom often, <laughs> but, um, uh, I, you Did know, you lose your hair. 
So I didn't lose my hair till I finished all my chemo treatments. They had said, you'll, you won't lose your hair right away. It will thin and it really thinned. And then when I finished the first initial 12 rounds of chemo, I started getting big bald spots. And so I shaved it. Um, I will say this, my kids were pretty cute when I, I had worn them and said, look, see that, see that, you know, see these bald spots. I'm going to, I'm going to shave my hair my head. And my dad, my, my dad, my husband is, uh, shave bald. So, uh, I, I come home, my boys come home from school and I have a wig on and pretty fabulous wig, by the way. <laughs> and, um, uh, my, my, God, I said, I said, what do you guys think? And they're like, can we, can we see, uh, can we, can you take the wig off? I'm like, yeah. So I take it off. And my younger ones, or my older one says, I said, what do you think? And he said, I think that you, I think you look good, but I think daddy looks better bald. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you've got to love that honesty. And then oh, my younger yeah. one, my younger one says, mommy, I think you look beautiful with or without hair. I'm like, oh, heartbreaker. Wow. So, um, they, they were, my kids were amazing through it. And I, you know. I try to be as honest as I could be. I, I Obviously, they were too young, and I never wanted to say, like, I could die from this. And truly, I felt like I wasn't going to die from this. Mm-hmm. And that's always hard. Um, but, you know, it just it made us as a family, like, we'd pray as a family and mm-hmm. things like that. And it was great because I got to show them that strength, too. And they were watching. Yep. They were watching, and they will carry that with them throughout their lives mm-hmm. because they saw how mom fought. Yeah. And won. Yeah. Yeah. And so your remission has been almost eight years. Yep. And how have you felt since then? Um, honestly, I don't think my body got really somewhat back to normal for probably three or four years. Okay. Um, but I will tell you— the greatest moment was when, essentially, when I found out that I, that I was clear, and I'd love to tell you that story. Um, basically, right before, um, you know, I'd finished all chemo and chemo radiation and all of that, and once I was compl- once that was completed, um, I had to be off of everything for a month, and that was so hard. Because I felt like I wasn't fighting anything. Mm-hmm. And um, then um, uh, I found out uh, a, basically a friend who was going through late stage four melanoma had passed away. And I felt like her and I were very much alike, happy people. And I just, mm-hmm. it just crushed me and truly cried for three days straight. And my kids were like, why are you so upset? And I was said. I'm so I'm so sad for her, mm-hmm. um, my friend dying, but I was really so sad for us, thinking that that, that really could be our reality. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, I mean, so two weeks prior to diagnosis, or two, I'm sorry, two weeks prior to getting scans, um, one night I, I truly, I cried and prayed and cried and prayed and just couldn't shake that that sadness, you know, just you felt like the whole world is on your shoulders and what's going to happen. So I ended up, um, uh, I fell asleep and that next morning I wake up and I looked at my husband and I said, I'm okay. And he's like, okay. 
And I said, no, 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 I, I have really good dreams. I know I'm okay. And the next thing I said to him was, I don't think I have cancer anymore. And it was like, that wasn't, I mean, honestly, that was almost like not even a possibility. Yeah. Um, and he, he looks at me and I go, I know. I just, that's what's on my heart. And two weeks later, I have no active cancer in my PET scan. Your oncologist had to have been amazed. I was, I was like the talk of this big cancer hospital. I mean, mm-hmm. it, they had just never ever seen that before, and um, it, it was it was amazing. I mean, it was really amazing. I expected to have some good news, and then, and then in part, I was like, even if I don't get news, I'm, I know I'm still okay. I just had that overwhelming feeling of peace about it. Like I knew I was going to be okay. I knew I was going to be able to, you know, raise my boys. So. And you have gone on since then and have gotten really involved with the uh, advocacy group for pancreatic cancer. Tell me about that. So um, I'm very involved and I'm co-chair of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network Atlanta affiliate. Mm -hmm. It's pancan.org. And they are by far really an, an incredible organization. Not only do they, you know, raise funds for research, but um, I they have what's called an advocacy day. And I actually got to go to Washington, D.C. with my younger son and talk to senators, congressmen, women um, about funding pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. And their with increased funding and probably 70% of the funding for pancreatic cancer mm-hmm. is federal funds. Um, even the Department of Defense is is actually funds towards pancreatic cancer now. And um, so with increased funding is absolutely increased survivor, um, survivors. So it used to be when I got diagnosed, overall survival rate, someone surviving five years or more mm-hmm. uh, was 5%. It's now finally in double digits to 10%, which I think is just phenomenal. That is incredible. So it shows how that support group and funding makes a huge difference. Right. But I would say this too. There are so many patient services. They will test people's tumors because they're finding that the molecular sort of makeup of someone's tumor is really an indicator whether a chemotherapy will work or not. Very interesting. Um, And I think all cancers are kind of going that way. Um, There's also um, pure, you know, uh, one-on-one, you can talk to a survivor. Uh, Caregivers can talk to caregivers. Um, They will find you a... um, a clinical trial. So there's so many services for, for people going through it, which is incredible. Well, and you need that when you're going through the most difficult time of your life. Yep. Absolutely. Wonderful. I'm glad that you're able to be a part of that because I can only imagine that the people that come and, and meet you, they have hope because they see how long that you have survived after your yeah. diagnosis. Yeah. And that has to give them incredible hope. Yeah. That's wonderful. My friend, it's almost time for us to be finished. Wow. But we got to talk about your one takeaway. What would you want the listeners to remember? I think we all go through trials and tribulations through our life. And I think that at the end of the day, God always has a plan. Yes. And Yes, he does. I lived by 
Jeremiah 29, 11, for I have plans for you, plans mm-hmm. to prosper, give you hope and a future. And I really live by that going through uh, cancer, but I still live by that because I know God has a greater plan. And I think, too, that we always want to control everything in our lives. <laughs> Not me. Guilty. <laughs> and, you know, I always think God's plan for everyone's life is greater than than what you could even imagine. Like Yes, it, it most certainly is. I would agree with that. I would have never thought or wished upon anyone that I would ever get pancreatic cancer, you know, cancer alone, but how it is, it's truly like a gift in a small package, in a weird package, I would say. But, um, you know, God had a plan right from the start and, and really just carried me through that. But I think that you just have to sort of surrender and let him make that plan happen. I agree completely with the idea that God's plans are so much better than ours. He has that that perspective that we don't have. We're in the minutia, and he is in that <laughs> large plan, and he sees it all, and he knows where it's all going and who you need to connect with and all of those yeah. things. And I, I know they say 2020 vision is so much better when you, when you can look in hindsight, and it's true because if, if I look back on my journey, and you probably feel the same way, I'm like, wow, how all of that just did this. And I didn't see it at the time. Yeah. But how beautiful of, of a picture it was and how important it was for me to meet that person and for me to go through this. And this person heard yeah. my story and it, and it gave them hope. All of those things. It's, it's amazing because I would say this. I think God is constantly planting people in your life. And, yes. And if you really live your your life with your eyes truly wide open, it's amazing because you see miracles every single day. And even even if I hadn't, even if I hadn't won, you know, or, or, or beat cancer or even been here today, even in the midst of going through it, I was still the happiest I'd ever been in my entire life because I now had this relationship with Jesus. I knew everything was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I really, I felt like I left, I would have left a legacy for my boys. So, um, and I know everyone doesn't, unfortunately, win that battle. But I think there's just a gift in that journey. There is a gift in the journey. And it's hard for us to see it when we're going through it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. Elise, thank you so much thank for you. joining me today. It's been wonderful to spend time with you. I love hearing your story because I I can see how God just came in and shook your world. Wow. And yeah. how it's never been the same. And maybe it did take pancreatic cancer for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, but... All that to say is that you have an amazing attitude and you have such an incredible story of overcoming. And what I love most is the attitude that you had through the whole thing because we're all going to go through things. We yep. all go through things. Yep. And, and you talking about having that positive attitude from the very beginning. And even today, it's yeah. still there. Yeah. You've seen what that does as far as your mindset. And yeah. So, But thank you for coming. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yes. And we are going to stay in touch and continue our friendship. I love that. Thank you for listening today. 
we will see you next time on the next episode of the Zigzag in One podcast. Until next time, keep moving forward. Wow, Cancer definitely picked the wrong girl to mess with. Elise, she is a fighter, and that same strong, positive attitude that she held on during those years of fighting is still shining because every day is indeed a gift. Guys, she made it so much past what statistics said she would make it past, so she realizes in the biggest kind of way every single day is a gift. Thank you so much for listening. As you know, I love sharing stories like Elise's and others where my guest and I, we share strategies that strengthen us when we face life's crazy zigzags. So make sure that you are subscribed to my podcast. If you've benefited from this episode or any of the others that you've listened to, would you leave a review? It would mean so much to me, and it directs others who've never listened to my podcast to this podcast, and I want them to benefit just like you have. Now, season two, believe it or not, is coming to an end, but we have one last episode on September the 30th with Janice Kaplan. She is the author of The Gratitude Diaries, and I promise you don't want to miss this episode. Until then, friends, keep moving forward.